March is here, and it would be madness to miss the awesome, cozy winter weekend special at the Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach. Enjoy a two-night stay, room service dessert, and more. Experience the serenity of the winter ocean from the warmth of your oceanfront suite. You don't have to go far away to get away from it all. Visit BoardwalkPlaza.com and book your winter getaway today. And let's not forget amazing dining at Victoria's Restaurant. Open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week, all year long. Reservations are not necessary, but always welcome. Call 800-33-BEACH or reserve at opentable.com. Thanks to the Boardwalk Plaza for being the Bridge Podcast Network sponsor. If you've ever wondered why there are so many different Christian churches, you found the right podcast. I'm Mark Dickey. And I'm Burt Miller. And this is the Why Do Christians podcast. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Dickey. I host the afternoon show on a Christian radio station called The Bridge. My co-host is Bert Miller. He's lead pastor at Solid Ground Church in Lewis, Delaware. Bert, how are you today? Markman, San Diego, Dickey. <laughs> I'm doing great. Doing I'm sure great. worn red. Yeah. <laughs> I am wearing a hat, though. <laughs> That's half the battle. That's G.I. Joe. Oh, now you know knowing it's half the battle. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're yeah. right. You're mixing up your... Is Carmen San Diego 80s? Uh, I think early 90s. It was okay. PBS. Rockapella was the band that did the, the theme song. <laughs> Could we do an episode retrospective on Carmen San Diego and Faith? I don't know that there's any connection, but I just want there to be. Where in the world is you on Sunday morning? See, this is... The, well, that's okay. <laughs> so that's what I thought. Like, hey, let, let's do a, a middle name for Mark with the idea of something that's global because mm. because we're talking about global things today oh yeah 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 um well we're talking about denominations yes. uh, which i mean to to break that down even more why are there different kinds of churches if there are i mean it's it's kind of crazy if you were to become a new christian and actually i would love for us to talk about this this whole thing today for mm. someone who might be new to christianity okay yeah because I mean, you maybe you heard a song on the radio. Maybe you're listening to the afternoon show on the bridge, and uh, you're like, you know what? Maybe I'll give this Jesus thing a try. Love it. But you have no background in Christianity. You have no family who are Christians. You just know that there's five or six different buildings with crosses on the front <laughs> or on the top, and you're like, okay, that's a church. That's a church. Uh, why are there? Di- That'd be like McDonald's having like a bunch of like blue restaurants like is that that's the mcdonald's logo but people are walking out with like starbucks cups what's the yeah (laughs) yeah you're right because i mean within all those different kinds of churches you're gonna have all different kinds of uh experiences right uh music style could be different sermon uh like the the talk that the the leader pastor priest uh preacher does can be different what they believe can be different Length of service can be different. What you're supposed to wear can be different. Right. What stuff they have available for people of different ages can be different. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of variations. There's a lot. And so that's what we're going to dive into today. And there's one thing I know that it all started with Jesus. Correct. It started with Jesus. Correct. And he came, son of God, mm-hmm. died for our sins. He had 12 dudes following him. Yes. And 
that's i mean i'm i'm putting the the ball on the tee for you okay great okay? yeah so so you want me to take it from there and go two thousand years sure okay <laughs> challenge accepted yeah so let's talk about that a little bit right because when jesus has his trouble uh who are called apostles the word apostle means sent one um so they're the guys that he sent and entrusted hey build this movement based on my gospel um and it went into the known world started with those 12 guys but didn't stop with them by any means um, and so let's talk about the history of denominations and that's um, like how that even became a thing really, really quick. Um, by the way, I don't know if we said this or not, um, but denomination, like if that's a new word to you, so if, you know, this is brand new. When yeah. we say denomination, what that means, it's a group of churches that are organized under a larger like banner, larger entity um, that have a shared set of beliefs and practices. So that's what we mean by denomination. Like right. it's a sort of, it's a brand of Christianity within Christianity. Right. Okay. okay. So, um, the thing to realize is, like, you know, we look at this now, and there's like, there's, go. I've got the, I think I have the perfect illustration. Go. We'll, we'll stick with McDonald's. I believe in hamburgers. Yeah. But there are many places where I can receive a hamburger. Mark, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so here's here's the thing to realize, though. Um, I mean, worship styles being different, um, that's been around from the beginning because as. Uh, the the gospel goes forward. It goes to different peoples from different people groups who have different cultures and what have you. And there is no Bible guide of, okay, this is how a song should look or here's um, how long a service should be or anything like that. And mm-hmm. so they very quickly understood that they could contextualize things uh, to speak specifically to different ways of thinking and just how people acted in life without. So they, they, could, they could essentially, um, to, to use like simple language, they could change the wrapping paper without changing the present. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. But the present remained the same, like in terms of what we all believe and the the essentials of our faith and and all this stuff. There was no divide there for the first, I'm not even kidding Mark, for the first thousand years of Christianity. Whoa. Yeah. So for like for for Christian like Christianity has been around for two thousand years, right? The first thousand years there was no divide. There was just one church. And, and service might look a little bit different every now and then, but no, this is the church of Jesus. And then this thing happened around 1054 AD, uh, where there was a split between the churches who were in the East and the churches who were in the West. Um, and it came over uh, a change to what was called uh, the Nicene Creed. Now, the Nicene Creed uh, goes way, way, way back. It's basically, it's a list of beliefs. Hey, these are the things that we believe as Christians. Like to not believe these things is to not be a Christian. These are the essentials of what it means to be a Christian. It's the Nicene Creed, okay? Um, and in 1054, um, they wanted to, like a group wanted to add the phrase. Like up until then it was that they believed in the Holy Spirit um, who proceeds from the Father. That was that was the line, okay? Okay. But in 1054, a group wanted to add, add the phrase, the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. So we believe in God is a trinity, right? One God, three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay. So up until then, the, the creed was they only believe, uh, or they believe the Holy Spirit only comes from the Father, but a group wanted to say, and the Son. And this is where the divide took place. Huh. Right. And so you had uh, one group who were Eastern Orthodox. And, and the word Orthodox, by the way, what that means is uh, Orthodox is confirming what is traditionally seen as right and true. Okay, so they're saying, listen, like we're the Orthodox Church. We're the ones who believe what Christians have always believed. We've got the tradition. This is right. And the Orthodox Church said, listen, no, the Holy Spirit only comes from the Father. Okay, but then you had the Roman, 
like the Western, the Roman Catholic Church, and the word Catholic means universal, okay? So they said, no, we're the true church. We're the ones who are holding to the traditions that, that, that are handed down to us from the apostles, um, which is what the Orthodox Church claimed as well. And they said, no, it should be the Holy Spirit uh, comes from the Father and the Son, and they divide over this. Now, now, that's not the only reason, but that's the linchpin. That's the thing that make, that's the straw that breaks the camel's back. Okay. okay. So now you have two movements within Christianity. Um, you have Eastern Orthodox and you have Roman Catholic. And and the the, the Orthodox Church, um, they believe that okay. And within that, you've got different kinds of churches, but they all are in fellowship. They're all um, so you've got Greek, you've got Russian um, stuff like that, um, but they're still Orthodox Church, and they believe that uh, in this thing called the Magisterium. Um, which is, hey, we trace our interpretation of the Bible back to the apostles. That's that's the claim. The magisterium does this, okay? So they've got bishops that they can trace back to the apostles. They appoint male priests who, are all, um, who also can be known as elders or presbyters. But that's the claim. We can trace it all the way back to the beginning. But at the other side of it, the Roman Catholic Church says the exact same thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they say, listen, we've got, we've got bishops, and and they they uh, are helped by male priests, um, who can also be known as uh, elders or presbyters who pastor the people. But um, the church is run by bishops who they would claim uh, follow in line of succession from the apostles themselves. So most famous, fam- most famously, you have the Pope, who's the Bishop of Rome, and they claim, listen, the first Pope was Peter. We can trace all the way from Peter to our current Pope, and so that's where this first divide takes place is back in 1054 A.D. Okay, so that's the first two, but obviously yeah. uh, this Christian family tree has a few more splits. Quite right. <laughs> Many branches, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where do the next ones come from? Okay, so, and again, it's not that there aren't people who, who break off or what have you, it's just that they would be known as heretics where um, they deny certain things that Christians would say are unorthodox, mm-hmm. um, not not part of the traditional Christian viewpoint. They, they, you know, they've been heretics being kicked out of the church since there's been a church. But the next major movement of churches, like in large settings, uh, breaking off, comes in the 1500s from what's called the Protestant Reformation. Okay, Ooh, so, so about so we went a thousand years and then yeah, five hundred years. That's right. I'm guessing the next one's in 1750. But keep going. Well, well, Mark, <laughs> you're not far off. Yes. But uh, but anyway, so what happens is this. Churches from like who are all uh, Catholic at this point, so they're Roman Catholic. Uh, around Europe, they're having some issues with the way the Catholic Church at that time is being run. Most notably, uh, what's happening is there uh, is a sale of things called indulgences. So back at the and okay, um, this is not how things are now, but back then this is how it was. Um, the the church to fund different projects. Um, would sell these things called indulgences. And what the indulgence said was, listen, you have a relative who's in purgatory, you buy, and purgatory is the, the Catholic belief that, okay, there's heaven, there's hell, but there's also purgatory. You could go to uh, purgatory when you die, and that's where God prepares you for heaven, refines you, and, and then you go up, um, which Protestants don't believe in. Um, but, okay, so they're, they're saying, listen, um, uh, you can pay some money for a piece of paper and that will spring a relative or loved one out of purgatory. So say, give the, give the church money and this releases people because the church needs money and God will see it and he'll credit it to you. Most famously, there was a salesman within uh, the Catholic church uh, named Johannes Tetzel uh, who's credited with the phrase, and this is just a crazy phrase to hear. He would say, when the coin in the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. Wow. Yeah, right? And so... 
uh, people are getting really upset with this. And so you've got churches sort of independent of each other becoming fed up, but it, it reaches ahead uh, on October 31st, 1517, when you've got a German professor of theology named Martin Luther, who uh, formerly was uh, a, a monk uh, in the Catholic Church. Um, he's an Augustinian monk. Um, he, he says, listen, uh, he, he believes at this point that all this stuff that's happening, the corruption that he's seeing, he believes that it's not institutional. He thinks the Pope doesn't know about it. And so he goes and he writes this thing called the 95 Theses, which are basically, here's 95 things that need to be corrected in the church now. And he mm. takes it and he dramatically, well, <laughs> our, our drama of it is that he, he takes it and he nails them to the door of uh, the the church in Wittenberg or Wittenberg, it's Wittenberg Castle Church in Germany. Um, as a sort of public declaration, this is what's got to change. Now, the, the reality is that the, the door of that church was like a bulletin board. Um, but they put stuff up all the time, but but still, like it's kind of awesome to think about, right? Lost cat right next to yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so, uh, people, this, like what Luther writes gets out, and again, um, he, like he dedicates it to to Pope, I believe Leo. Um, like he thinks, okay, this like we're he has no desire to split off from the Catholic Church. He thinks, hey, this is what we got to do to refine it, and he begins to, um, to say, hey, you know, like listen, there's purgatory is not in the Bible, and there's this, there's that. This has got to be changed. Um, but the church doesn't take kindly to it. And so in 1520, they excommunicate him. They kick him out. Um, and they say, listen, like you, you've departed orthodoxy. How dare you? And, and so, um, he, like the, the, the Protestant reformation, um, really picks up steam. And so there are other guys like John Calvin, um, and, and there, there are guys like, uh, John Knox, uh, who are, who are from different churches. They're in different countries, but they're all sort of saying, listen, this has got to change. And so they break off where they're kicked out from, depending on the church, uh, from the Catholic church where they are, and this begins Protestantism. Uh, and Protestantism, um, or the Reformation, um, has what are called the five solas, which is basically, um, the word sola, it's, it's uh, the, the Latin word for alone. And what they're saying is, listen, there are five things that categorize this movement that need to change. And so here, here are the five things, okay? So they believe in sola scriptura, which means scripture alone. And it's the belief that the Bible, not church tradition, uh, so not, hey, you know, we can trace it back to these people. No, just the Bible itself is the final authority uh, for all matters of life, doctrine, and practice. There's uh, sola Christus, which means Christ alone, uh, which is the belief that people are made right with God only through Jesus and that no other human being can forgive or absolve sins, Okay. There's sola fide, which is faith alone, uh, which is God's pardon to sinners, uh, uh, like, you know, God forgiving our sins is given by faith in Christ. Apart from anything else that you do, you believe in Jesus, he takes away your sins. So that, that's uh, sola fide. Uh, there's sola gratia, which is uh, grace alone, um, which means that all salvation is completely a work of God. You can do nothing to earn anything from God. It is completely His gift. And lastly, there's sol, and this is not sola, this is soli uh, deo gloria, which means to uh, to the glory of God alone. And this is the idea that, listen, God alone receives the glory for our salvation. So these five solas define Protestantism. And so now we have another split. So now we've got three camps. We have Orthodox, we have Catholic, and we have Protestant. Hey, Mark, do you like commercials? I do. Don't we all? Wouldn't it be great if we had a sponsor for this podcast? Mark, nothing would make me happier. Well, you could sponsor this podcast by contacting us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. 
You could be a hot dog stand. A, a cheese grater company. You could sell furniture. Or Wi-Fi. <laughs> Contact us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. I, I think that's it. I think we got it. So that was in 1500. Mm-hmm. And you said I was not far off that it's 1750. There was around there, there was well, another split or did- well, there's, there's, there are major things that happen, um, in the, in the 1700s, but, but there are a couple stops on the way there still. So sorry. I, I, if <laughs> I misled like the saddest road trip ever, bro. It, yeah. <laughs> right. No. So look, I think you realize, um, the, the Protestant, um, reformation contrary to Catholic or, or the Orthodox divide, um, they don't agree on everything. So, for instance, um, you, you've got um, a guy named uh, Zwingli and Martin Luther, okay, um, and they disagree fervently over, over the issue of communion, okay? So, like, uh, when it comes to, okay, what they believe communion is, uh, Martin Luther looks at communion um, and he says, listen, um, Jesus is present in the elements at communion. This is why Jesus says, uh, this is my body, you know, is, means is, that, that's what communion is, and Zwingli is like, yeah. I think he's being symbolic there. And so they just, they just don't do like they, they can't unify there. And so you start to have different kinds of churches, even though they're, they're, yes, they're Protestant. They're not the same kind of uh, locking arms in the way that, that Catholic churches or Orthodox churches would. Um, they're beginning to differ there. Now, while all that's going on, man, this is where it gets so crazy. While all that's going on in, in Germany, um, in Switzerland and France, um, there's also a change that happens in England, okay? Um, so y- around the time, uh, still in the 1500s, with, with King Henry VIII, um, back in, so man, this is just nuts. So King Henry VIII was a noted Catholic uh, king. Like he was in support of the Pope. Um, he had no wishes to divide with the Pope. He was called a, a champion of Catholicism until 1527. And in 1527, King Henry VIII, wants to get a divorce from his wife because he says, listen, um, her, her name was uh, Catherine of Ar- Aragon. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, um, uh, like she wasn't having a son. Um, he, he wanted to marry uh, one of his wife's ladies-in-waiting, whose name was Anne Boleyn. Um, and so he asked the Pope for a divorce, uh, Pope Clement uh, the, the seventh, and the Pope said, no, that's not how we do this. And so, so Henry VIII's uh, solution was well then you know what i'm forming my own church i'm not kidding you this is how anglicanism or the church of england begins it, it's the church of england and so he is like king henry the eighth establishes himself as the head of this church okay because he wants a divorce and the pope says no hmm. this is where anglican church comes from where episcopal church comes from these are both uh part of the church of england so you have a new divide there um and so is the main difference just you're allowed to divorce someone? No, well, no, it's no, they would not say that you're allowed to divorce at all. It's just, that's what Henry did. Um, like, so huh. they, they have the same belief um, on divorce as Catholics, a slight difference in view on communion. So the, the two different movements, Catholics uh, believe in what's called transubstantiation, which is the belief that the, the bread and the wine, they become through uh, a divine mystery they become the body and blood of Jesus. Like they actually are the body and blood of Jesus. Even though they, they look like bread and wine, they're not. Um, 
the the Lutheran Church and I, and I, I believe uh, the the Anglican Church as well believe in what's called consubstantiation, which is I know these are big fun words, yeah, um, but it's the belief that they're they are the body and blood of Jesus spiritually. He's spiritually present within them, but no, they don't turn into something else. It's just that he's there. Mm. Um, so that 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 would be kind of the big difference there. I think I have that right. Okay, yeah, but then we're not we're not done. Um, so now England has has split off, but. As it turns out, not everybody in England is happy about how they're doing things. <laughs> so now we go forward to the 1600s, okay? okay. And, this, and the, this gives way to one of the largest Protestant denominations in the world, the Baptists. And what, and what happens is um, there's an English separatist whose name is John Smith, uh, S-M-Y-T-H. Okay, so it's Smith with a Y. Mm. Um, and he believes that the, the Anglican Church of... Uh, baptism is not biblical, so they're they're sprinkling babies, they're uh, using like water by sprinkling, mm-hmm. and he goes, no, no, no. When you come to the Bible, the word that we translate as baptism is baptizo. It means to immerse, and so we should be immersing people. He's fed up with the Anglican Church, and off the Baptists go. Now there's a new uh, branch within the tree, but then okay, so you said the thing about 1750, okay? Yeah, this is where the next big one happens, okay? Oh, okay. Okay. It's 1729, uh, the birth of what's called Methodism. And this is by the, uh, most notably, the, the Wesley brothers, uh, John and Charles Wesley, and there's another guy named Francis Asbury. Like, these are the big players in this. They're uh, missionaries to America, um, and they have this big um, spiritual awakening, um, and they begin to emphasize a personal relationship with God. And uh, the reason, oh, by the way, the reason they're called Methodist um, is because, this is so wild, man, they uh, they were students at Oxford in England before they, they came to the States, uh, and they had what was called the Holiness Club, um, which is people who were dedicated to, like, something like, the, the, they're dedicated to methods or paths to righteousness. Hmm. And, so, and so the reason they were nicknamed Methodists, and they just they went, yep, that's us, um, is because they said, listen, like, these are the things that you should do in order to live out a godly life. Um, doing these things, like, and that it's possible for people to become more and more uh, sinless through their actions. And so, okay. Methodism um, starts, and I mean, we, we, we could go on and on. We could talk about, um, the, the, those are the big hitters. We could talk about the Restoration Movement. We could talk about Pentecostals. We could talk about uh, Evangelicalism. But, but all of that springs from these movements that we've just identified. Mm. Okay. So, I will very carefully, but also very sloppily use this word. It sounds like these big divides are becoming more and more nitpicky. Mm. Like, like the it's just it's still scripture. It's the but but each time it divides, it's just a very specific little thing. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if nitpicky is the right word. I mean, well, that's sort- why I said sloppily, but also <laughs> carefully. <laughs> no, I, I mean there there are issues that do matter in terms of what you believe. I I, I don't know if there are issues that. Uh, could divide fellowship and, mm. and certainly, um, you know, like, so for instance, uh, one movement that I, I didn't mention, um, Presbyterianism that came from, uh, the, the, I mean, prim- primarily the teachings of, uh, John Calvin, uh, who was a reformer. Um, and, and the big difference between Presbyterianism and Methodism is their beliefs on, here's a fun religious word for you. You ready? Predestination. Mm. Okay. And so Presbyterians believe that God is sovereign, that he is, uh, and they get this from Calvin, uh, that he is in control of everything uh, and that uh, that he's not reacting at all, okay? 
um, but everything's sort of going towards his his plan. Um, Methodists reject that, and they believe in their view of predestination is not Calvinism; it's what's what's called Arminianism, um, and it comes from a guy named Arminius who believed no, like God, um, he he is reacting uh, to the fall of humankind. Um, it's it's not like the sovereignty thing that the Presbyterians believe, and and you know, for a long time there was a big uh, debate. Uh, between John Wesley and a guy named George Whitfield, who was part of uh, the the First Great Awakening here in, in America, um, but that so it, it's not that they don't matter. Um, it, it's just uh, the reasons become smaller. Except, I mean, think about like like the first one even divided because of the wording of a creed that the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit came from the Father and the Son. So, so I mean, I don't know that it is okay. They became quicker to divide. So much as just it happened. Yeah. All right, we've gone from the trunk that is Jesus Christ, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we have branched a couple times now. We're in the 1700s still? Yeah. And people are dividing, uh, but uh, what have you given, three three or four different I, types of churches I so wasn't far? Paying attention. Uh, I, think, I hope more than that, because there, there are, yeah, no, we've done uh, Orthodox, we've done Catholic, we've done Methodist, Baptist, uh, we've done Lutheran. Oh, yeah, the, the Lutherans come from Luther, by the way. Okay. Um, We've talked about Presbyterian. Um, so is that six? Okay, yeah. about six branches. Uh, are there just six churches, or are they? I mean, oh no! In fact, those, those, those aren't all the denominations. But even it's it's like a Russian doll, Mark. Within, <laughs> within, within the doll, you've got another doll, right? So, for instance, um, there are Methodists, but there are different kinds of Methodists, and there are Baptists, but there are different kinds of Baptists, and there. are Lutherans, the different kinds of Lutherans, there are Presbyterians with different kinds of them. Um, so, for instance, um, you, the, and what, what happens is, I'm sorry, what happens is you have a divide between what's called uh, progressive or liberal theology and conservative teaching. And so, the way that, like, the way those divide out, so for instance, let's say uh, Presbyterian, okay, you have different kinds of Presbyterian uh, denominations. So, maybe uh, you have a denomination that typically buys into liberal or progressive theology, that would be the PCUSA. But then a uh, conservative Presbyterian denomination would be the PCA. Um, so, so, wow, it's very, very slight. But no, it actually makes a great deal of difference because views on marriage, views on the Bible, views on uh, nature of God, these things like will be very disagreed upon even though there might be a shared heritage. Uh, same with uh, the, the Methodist Church. You could have the United Methodist Church, um, who's going through a split right now. Uh, there's the global Methodist church and there's the Wesleyans. And so you have differences there. Uh, the Baptists, you've got the American Baptist that would be more liberal. Uh, the Southern Baptist would be more conservative. You've got, uh, within the, the Lutheran church, you've got the ELCA, which would be liberal. Uh, but then you have the Lutheran church, uh, Missouri Synod, uh, which would be conservative. Um, so you have divides within those as well. I'm regretting not making a bingo card with different names of churches <laughs> and <laughs> just you keep calling them out I'm like, whoa i know man there's, whoa. So, there's so many whoa i'm just like wondering when when you're going to stop naming different denominations i'm really uh, honestly i'm i'm uh, once once you go through the history uh-huh. i'll tell you what i think about all of okay. this okay okay uh, but i mean how did that happen okay i was say i can't mark there are so many of them um <laughs> so here's here's basically what happened like long story short so in the 1700s you have this thing called the enlightenment right uh it's a major philosophical slash theological movement in europe um it it bleeds here into the states as well and at the at 
the core of the Enlightenment is this belief of, hey, question everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. We believe stuff, but should we be, like should we believe it or not? Um, and from the Enlightenment, it creates what's called theological liberalism, which is, hey, they, you know, um, well, yeah, the Bible's always said that. Yeah, Christians have always believed that, but should they? You know, we we've learned that maybe we shouldn't. That type of thing. And so, uh, the theological liberalism would deny stuff like miracles when it came to the Bible, uh, the infallibility of the Bible, the idea that the Bible is without error. That they would deny that. Uh, some cases they would deny the resurrection of Jesus because they, they would just go, listen, well, miracles don't happen. The resurrection's a miracle. Therefore, the resurrection couldn't happen. Hmm. And so they start to depart from things that have historically made Christians Christians. Uh, I know, yeah. Um, but then but then you have, <laughs> here's where it gets nuts, man. But on the other side of that, you have groups who are called the fundamentalists, right? And what they're saying is, hey, let's get let, let's stick with the things that uh, we've historically believed. We, we need to get away from uh, this kind of theological influence that's telling us to get rid of stuff, Um and so what ends up happening is um, fundamentalists, they, they decide, listen, we, we distrust the mainstream. Okay, we, we distrust, like, yeah, we're questioning too, but in a different way. We believe like major uh, educational institutions and, and, and churches have been corrupted by liberal theology. So they look at, they look at uh, denominations, they look at seminaries, they look at uh, colleges, universities, ones that actually many of whom uh, had been started by Christians. Um, and they go, listen, um, these things are corrupt, and so they they retreat from them. They like so, and that's actually kind of a uh, a thing that becomes a pattern as you're going through the, ch- the history of the church. Is that when a group that's fundamentalist or a group that's conservative, um, when when uh, a viewpoint arises that that contradicts that, that's more liberal in its theology, what starts to happen is, and it starts here in the Enlightenment is rather than take it on rather than debate it or fight or try to get it out. Instead, the conservatives just leave the entire thing. They sort of cut bait and run. Hmm. And so what happens is that makes them what were called mainline churches, which would be the, the big denominations that makes them more liberal because the conservatives left. And so you start to see um, these divides and okay, yeah, well you're, we're Methodist. No, we're Methodist, but we believe completely different things. Well, we're Presbyterian. No, we're Presbyterian, but we believe completely different things. Why? Because one group picked up a viewpoint, started in the 1700s. The other said, no, thank you. That's not what our faith is. And we'll start our own. And it's just kind of on and on the story goes. And again, that's to say nothing of Pentecostalism or, or uh, evangelicalism, which which come from uh, these different movements. But that's essentially how we get the splits and trees that we get. Okay. Is it good that we have all of these? I just have to wonder, like, is it is it just everybody wants to wear, you know, their favorite shirt <laughs> like I, I want no i everybody wants their own kind of cheese on their hamburger yeah, I, I, I don't or, think i don't think that's by and large why churches split although it can be i mean i i, I had a friend who was a pastor in new jersey of a church that was like two or three hundred years old i think and the reason their church you can't make this up man the reason their church uh formed and split off from another church is because one guy stole another guy's chicken like no way yeah 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 um but that's not the norm. I mean, there there can be legit theological disagreements and reasons where they're just irreconcilable, right? Mm. So, you know, to the question, is it good or not? Um, I think it depends on the reason and what the byproduct is. If the, if the reason is, hey, we're trying to preserve something that the Christians have always believed, yeah, you should probably stand up for that. Um, if it's, hey, you know, I, you know, you didn't do it my way, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Well, no, that's, that's probably not a good reason to do any of it. I guess, you know, I'll counteract my own question, you know, like it's probably, it has to be a good thing 
because we are smarter now than we were 2000 years ago. Oh, I completely disagree with that. <laughs> are you devil's advocating right now? No, no, no. I'm saying like, uh, what was the literacy rate 2000 years ago? Yeah. You know, uh, how, how much of what early believers believed was all word of mouth and remembering, remembering scripture, not necessarily being able to sit down with the same, the text and study it. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, we're, we're certainly more educated. I, I would, I would just hesitate to say, I mean, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's easy to, to take what you just said there and, and draw some wrong conclusions. Like, so for instance, the idea like we know more now, we're certainly more educated, um, but we want to be careful to avoid what, what CS was called chronological snobbery, which is the idea that, okay, we know more now than people who came before us. And so we can ration away things that Christians have believed or, or what have you. What a beautiful term. Yeah, it's cool, right? Chronological snobbery. Yeah. Um, because the truth is the faith deals with issues of the human heart and that doesn't change. Yeah. Right. So um, in the same way, like when we say, okay, well, like all of us have more access to the scriptures. Yes. And amen. And thank God for that. Right. I, I love that. I can download for free on my phone, the Bible app, or I can Google anything about any verse that I want. At the same time, there is a need for biblical scholarship. I, I liken it this way. Um, any of us can check WebMD, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that we should be authorized to perform surgery. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I can Google a Bible verse, but that doesn't make me think like a first century Jewish person. Um, hmm. and, and that's going to color the way that I read the, like how the context in which I live is going to color the way that I read the verse. And so there is something to be said of education, study and accountability for, uh, how theologies and, and, uh, biblical studies are, are handled. Um, now when it comes to, okay, is it a good thing that we divide? Um, I, I don't know that all divisions are bad. So for instance, um, let's just acknowledge that different people have different preferences of worship style, hmm. right? Like, um, a song that speaks to me might not be one that speaks to you. A whole method of music might not, right? You know, some people like so. My church is contemporary. We've got you know we've got the band, we got the the guitars and the drums, all that stuff. Um, but I'm not going to judge my, my my Christian brother or sister who maybe they grew up in a church and they have a fondness for hymns where it's played on a piano or an mm -hmm. organ, or maybe somebody else they grew up um, and they're like no instrument was allowed whatsoever, and it's all like. Uh, acapella and, and chant and what have mm -hmm. you but in those moments their heart uh explodes in worship to god it's not my style of music but i would not say oh that's wrong and we should all do it my way no um so there being different kinds of churches with those kinds of uh emphases i don't think are bad um the the other reality is different churches are going to have different contexts they're going to have different uh, things that need to be addressed, um, and so if we have different, you know, sermon content, I'm not saying different, uh, like you know, hey, everything is is relative in terms of what we believe, but just like, okay, you know, like a, a church, let's say a church that's in Uganda, okay, mm -hmm. uh, socially they're going to like their people, their congregants are going to be going through something very different than somebody in Dallas, Texas, right, in terms of what they're facing in their day to day lives. Uh, a sermon to them probably is going to be different and that's good. Mm. Um, so I don't know that every division is bad. I think, I think when divisions <laughs> are, are the, you know, if they're rooted in pettiness, that's bad. Um, but in the same way, um, and, and maybe this is the, the, the Protestant, if I'm just cards on the table, the Protestant non-denominational conservative in me. Um, 
I think there are some theologies that are absolutely, uh, to use the, the phrase from earlier, fundamental. I think there are some things that to deny them uh, means we, we can't do fellowship together because we just disagree about the nature of who God is, uh, the Bible and what have you. And so we can love each other, we can treat each other well, uh, and but we're gonna have to disagree. And that's the thing where uh, I wouldn't be able to put my mark of approval on a church if, if it was believing and practicing certain things. Mm. Something I, I've thought and believed for a, a long time is people have asked me, what, what denomination are you? Like, what kind of church do you go to? Mm-hmm. And my answer that if I'm honest, I've made up on, I've made up myself, uh, which I know is dangerous, but I've said, I believe in the Bible. Mm. If it's in scripture, that's what I believe. Yeah. And I know that there will be people who don't read it the same way that I do. Right. But I'm also open to being told that I'm misinterpreting something. Mm-hmm. And so my entire adult Christian life, I have seeked out people who know the Bible well. It's important to me that my pastor is, is well, well studied. And that's kind of where I land. Mm-hmm. I, I the the idea of denominations to me is kind of a foreign concept. Mm. So like like when I've been asking you questions throughout yeah, this whole yeah. podcast, it's kind of like I've never really paid attention to them because if I understand scripture correctly, at the end of the day, all that matters is do you believe that Jesus, the Son of God, died for you, paid for your sins, and if you believe and rose that from the dead, yeah. and rose from the dead, yes, yeah. like that is it all boils down to that, and we can all be completely wrong we could we could actually pick the wrong interpretation of these really intricate parts of the christian faith but as long as you are trusting in jesus for lack of a better term you're good and that's kind of how i've lived my life my my mom uh should i say was or is uh my mom passed away last Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. she's a christian we Mm -hmm. didn't believe the same things but i have no doubt in knowing that she believed jesus was the son of god and he died and rose again well, you know, you, you remind, I mean, yes, you remind me of, so we started this whole thing with, you know, in terms of all the branches, uh, that for a thousand years, Christians had one creed, um, and it was when that creed changed, that's when the division took place. But I thought, man, this is what, this is the original Nicene Creed, this comes from 325, um, this is what they said, all right, to be a Christian, these are the things one must believe. And maybe I should just read it. Yeah. Um, and so it says, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the only begotten, begotten of the Father before all ages, light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not made, of one essence with the Father by whom all things were made, for who, or I'm sorry, for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary and became man. And he was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate and suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead and whose kingdom shall have no end. <laughs> and, and in the Holy Spirit. Mm. And that, that, that was the first... Nicene Creed. I believe that. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> me too. And uh, I, 
I also feel like I need to give a disclaimer. You know, if I also kind of feel like I'm taking the easy way out. It's like, like Christian culture wants me to pick one of these denominations. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you have picked one, that's, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you choose not to pick one, like, I just want to encourage you, like trust in the Lord and (laughs) believe that there is a God who loves you, who sent his son and died and rose for you. Yeah. And start there. And if you're starting this journey, you're like, yeah, I, I, I think I do believe in Jesus. You know, if you're, if you're trying to pick a church, you're trying to figure out where to go. Um, <laughs> I keep going back to my cheeseburger analogy, Bert. <laughs> Mark, break it on down. Go ahead. Pick a church with your favorite kind of cheese on their hamburger. If, if you can make a connection with the Lord, with a choir and a piano, singing songs like that praise god yeah that's awesome yeah if the church has a drum set and you love the drums and you can praise god and focus on jesus in that moment awesome yep the point is not the genre of music the point is stopping whatever you're doing in your life gathering together with a group of people and singing to god mm-hmm. worshiping it's not the music it's the act of saying, I'm just a little person. God, you <laughs> you are supreme. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is just a, a really, really big agree to disagree conversation. With with denominations? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, that's where I'm leading it, I guess. <laughs> well, I, hey, man, you're, you're the host. Like, what do you mean the, like, in terms of um, agree to disagree like, about what? Agree to disagree like we're still we're still finding things to to divide us oh yeah in scripture well but maybe maybe the word isn't divide so much as it is disagree and it's gonna, it's gonna depend on the issue right so for instance um let me say it like this okay so my, my, my church is a little bit weird with within our fellowship uh, when it comes to i mentioned predestination earlier mm-hmm. okay some of us on the staff believe in calvinism others believe in arminianism um but within our context, we feel as though we can uh, still do ministry and fellowship with each other. Now, you know, that, that somebody might hear that and go, well, that's not the right way to do church. You're, you're probably right, but it's what we, what we do. Um, and I think that's the, the truth is there, there are, we are, we are united on more things than we divide. And it is not uncommon for uh, churches of different denominations when they share common values to still fellowship. And the denomination doesn't function as a divider so much as an articulation of theology. In other words, mm-hmm. hey, you're there and you know what they believe about something. And so, mm-hmm. and so it, it safeguards that tradition of theology. But it's not a thing of, hey, our church is better or our church you know, is superior in any way. It's just, hey, this is what we are. This is what we affirm. And you can know that by coming to this kind of church. But look, you know, I, I remember um, years ago you know, being part of uh, a, a local uh, Assembly of God church, Midway Assembly of God in, in uh, Lewis Rehoboth. And, uh, you know, you know, being there Wednesday nights for, for uh, Bible study, the pastor also would do so incredibly. And uh, some nights, uh, Buzz Hughes, who was then the pastor of Lewis, Lewis Presbyterian Church, would come. And they were buddies. Um, <laughs> and they had differences in view on, on you know, what it meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit and all kinds of spiritual gift stuff. And, and yet they were fellowshipping and loving each other really, really well. And that's something to realize is, you know, okay, it's easy to look at these churches and be like, man, they, they're in competition with each other or they don't like each other. And oftentimes that's just not the case. 
um, there's there's still authentic love and unity. And okay, yeah, we we don't agree on every single issue, but we agree on the things that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that for me, that's 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 the thing that we we fellowship or don't about. It's okay. There are essential Christian doctrines that to uh, deny them. Okay, we 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 can't hang out and and do ministry events together. But there are others, man, that that just aren't. They're not the creed. They're not um, orthodoxy. And so um, I, I think that's something really good to realize is that denomination doesn't mean disdain necessarily. Mm. Well, Bert, I didn't tell you we we're going to do this, but a really cool resource that we have on the radio station website at wearethebridge.org. As of the date of recording, when you go to wearethebridge.org, under local, there's a tab at the top. There's a place, there's a tab that says churches. And this is the bridge's church directory mm. and it's actually broken up by denomination um so whether it's uh methodist churches episcopal pentecostal nazarene non-denominational catholic they're like they're all here mm-hmm. uh, at least i think they're all here <laughs> i bet they are if like if you are looking for a church that's a great place to look um but i i bring it up because well maybe maybe i sent you to that website and you're like i don't know what i am Mm. (laughs) i don't i don't know what i believe yet (laughs) how am i supposed to pick one of these uh what would you say to someone like that bert like if they're they're just i don't know what i believe but i i want to go to church well first of all that like that's an awesome heart to have right uh, to be like, you know, I'm not sure yet, but I want to be part of a church. Um, because that, that, that takes a certain degree of humility. Like, hey, I want to learn. Um, I, I would say, I don't know, there, there are probably tests you can Google in terms of like, what do you believe about this? And you click a box and it takes you there. <laughs> uh, I don't have a blank endorsement. that comes out. Yeah, I know. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Please don't, don't do that. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like if, if, if okay, I want to make sure they, like, they believe this or they believe that. that that's not necessarily a bad tool. Um, you know, for the brand new person, here's, here's what I would say. Um, and this, this is what I come down to. Again, this, this is my theological leaning, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, does the church hold to beliefs that Christians have held for 2,000 years? Hmm. Um, and the reason I think that's important is all of us are products of our times, and our times are not completely right. They're not infallible, but God is. Um, and so, um, you know, for instance, Scripture, what's the church's view on Scripture? Um, if it's dismissive of it, I, I, I would not recommend being part of it. That, that's now some, some people I might catch flag for that. I don't speak for the bridge on that. I speak for me. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of like the church, if the church uh, denies the deity of Christ, his bodily resurrection, at that point they're not a, they're not Christian. And so what I would do is I, I would go and you know most churches they have on their their web page a list of their theology. There are certain core tenets you can look at. Yeah. Say here's here's what we believe. If they're part of a denomination, that's really easy to do because the denominations will outline their their belief distinctives. Um, that's a that's a thing to do. I, I would say, listen, bring it down to, um, you know, is it is it historic Christianity? Um, and then once you've got that, and that needs to be your filter first. Once you've got that, um, then it comes down to preference of style. Um, so if it's like a, if it's like a, you know, hey, I really like these kinds of songs, um, or you know, I want this kind of liturgy. Hey, maybe for you. Uh, communion is central. Like you want to partake of the Lord's table, you want to do that every single week. That should factor into the kind of church that you go to, because some don't do it every week. Mm. Um, and so it's going to come down to um, what's the, what's the thing on your heart that's important to you. Um, and then, but I, I want to be clear because I don't I don't want to make hey church selection is all about you. Mm. Um, and so the other thing I would say is approach it with humility. Pray, ask the Lord to lead you. 
but also um, recognize that no church is perfect. Churches are made up of people who are just as broken as you are. Um, and so never approach a church with a, what can these people give me? So the stuff that I said before just has to do with you. Hey, you're, you're just not going to gel if that's not in place. But instead, you want to go, how can I serve these people? How can I give of myself selflessly to them? If, the, if, if I were to be here long term, how can I make it not about me, but instead us locking arms to do ministry and life together? Um, and so there's, there's not one easy answer to that. I would say theology uh, and, and style have to be part of it. But it's not as simple as just, hey, pick the thing that you like the best. Well, I've been really enjoying this conversation. I we we have this like soft time limit for like a thirty minute podcast. Uh, where what are we at? <laughs> We're at fifty two minutes. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I I've just I've just been kind of sucked in. Like I, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. So uh, if there's anything we didn't talk about on this topic, we would love to hear from you. If uh, we, if we've raised more questions than we answered, please send them to podcast at wearethebridge.org and uh, whether that's a question about denominations, about church uh, how to pick a church or maybe you've got another kind of random question about Christian faith Christian culture we would love to talk about it on the podcast and it would just be fun to connect with you anyway so send all those questions or or, or thoughts uh, or even just say hello at podcast at wearethebridge.org if you enjoy listening to this podcast we uh, encourage you to leave a rating wherever you download your podcasts whether it's a a comment a review five stars uh, whatever it looks like on your favorite podcast platform it helps get the word out we appreciate you thanks for listening